On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. It's not positive, of course, but one could say, well, it could get weaker. New data released this past week suggests a slide in manufacturing, which will impact the overall economy. It's cheaper to own a home in Iowa than virtually anywhere else in the country. We have details. And in our business profile, you'll hear from the manager of a startup business mixing sports with entertainment. This is the Iowa Business Report for the first weekend of August 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. The Mid-America Business Conditions Index report is released on the first of each month. The effort is overseen by Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss, who says this month's index falls to its lowest level in quite a while. I connected with Dr. Goss via Zoom on Tuesday, August 1st, the day the report was released. Jeff, this is a survey of supply managers, manufacturing supply managers in nine what we call mid-America states stretching from North Dakota and Minnesota in the north to Oklahoma and Arkansas in the south, covering all those contiguous states. I think it gives a good read on the manufacturing sector and to some degree a leading economic indicator, but manufacturing, as you well know, is not as big a part of the economy as it was 20, 30 years ago, but still a good, reasonably good leading economic indicator. And specifically in the state of Iowa, no single segment of the economy makes up a larger percentage of the state gross domestic product than manufacturing at something like 16%. And so uh, it's a big thing, perhaps not as widespread, but still that's a pretty healthy chunk of the economy. And the numbers for the report that you released on August 1st, they're hardly encouraging. That's, I might even call them discouraging, Jeff. They dropped to well below growth neutral to the lowest level since the recession of 2020. Now, that was a very short recession, of course, but the number is well below growth neutral, like the national number that came out this morning, both between 46 and 47. Again, growth neutral is 50.0. So historically, this does not necessarily signal a recession, but it's certainly a downturn in manufacturing, potential significant slowdown in the overall economy of mid-America. And of course, that's the same thing for the U.S. economy. There are just a lot of folks out there still exuberant, as our Omaha neighbor might say, when everybody else is exuberant, you might should be a little pessimistic. And everybody's pessimistic, you might should be exuberant. So right now, everybody's thinking that everything's over. The Fed's essentially stopped their interest rate increases and is full steam ahead. Well, our survey says, well, hold on there. Recession's still on the table. That's what really struck me about the headline of the below growth neutral number, because last week all I heard was national data and national folks saying, well, there, this proves there's going to be no recession. And look how far we have come since those doom and gloom forecasters of January. This obviously paints a very different picture and in concert, as you know, with the national numbers. What kind of a drop was it month to month to get to this current level of below growth neutral? Well, it's been moving lower every month for this year, but it dropped from a slightly above growth neutral 50.8 to the number that we got this month, which was 46.1. So that's a pretty healthy drop. 
again, if you look at the BLS data, the Bureau of Labor Statistics data, Jeff, every state in the region, absent North Dakota, has been losing employment, manufacturing employment, over the last couple of months. I expect manufacturing to continue to lose to drop jobs over the next three to six months. And that's true for the U.S. economy as well. Manufacturing is just weakened. And you can trace that, Jeff, to some degree, perhaps a large degree, to what's going on globally. Of course, agriculture and manufacturing are very connected to the global economy in China. When China has a cold, the rest of the globe gets pneumonia. Of course, that's what we used to say about the U.S. Well, now it's China, and China's definitely got a cold right now, and it's being telegraphed back to this part of the country as a, a slowdown in manufacturing or a pullback, actually, in manufacturing. One can go crazy without training, looking at these month-to-month numbers and just rising and falling, but I don't think you have to be an economist to note that a drop from 51 to 46, roughly, in a single month You know, my public school education tells me that's a healthy drop. Is there a reason why there was such a drop in this most recent four weeks as opposed to at an earlier time? I think, Jeff, what we've seen is a lot of labor hoarding, I'll call it. In other words, companies that were concerned about laying off workers because of the inability to get them back. In other words, this shortage of finding and hiring qualified workers. I think the manufacturers in our survey are getting a little more comfortable with laying off workers, or perhaps I should say a little less comfortable about the outlook going forward with higher interest rates, of course, we've got the Fed's raised rates uh, to 5.5% on the funds rate, short-term rate, and that's affecting manufacturers. Likewise, again, it's the globe exports. We're seeing a real pullback in exports and, of course, manufacturing and, again, agriculture, two industries that are very important to this part of the country that are connected to that global market. And again, the higher interest rates certainly don't help, but the bullishness of investors out there saying, well, the Fed now may reduce interest rates in this part of the year. That would be the Fed taking a huge slap in the face to do that. In other words, even if they wanted to reduce interest rates, they'd be loath to do that simply because they've been raising it. And now to say, well, we were wrong, No, it's hard to say we were wrong. What they would do instead of doing that, Jeff, instead of reducing rates with the economic slowdown, they would go into the long bond market, what we call liquidity, and they would just provide liquidity as they did back when Silicon Valley Bank failed back in March. We had the Fed, the Federal Reserve, coming in and providing liquidity. Now, how they do that? By buying bonds. In other words, they were selling bonds. Now they began buying bonds, pushing up liquidity, and injecting money into the economy, dollars. Or at the very least, then come September, the Fed might, instead of raising rates, as they sort of telegraphed might happen yet this year, perhaps keep them level in concert with the liquidity moves you just mentioned? That's my bet, Jeff, as you and I talk today. Now, obviously, this is not the economy of the 80s, even the 90s, or even the 2000 to 2010 time period. This is a new economy that moves very quickly. And so things could change dramatically. And that's certainly true in the banking sector and also in real estate, Jeff. The real estate market has really got some unknowns out there, particularly commercial real estate. We're also talking about individuals and families sort of feeling they're stuck in their homes because they have these very low mortgage rates and you don't want to give them up by moving 
or buying another house. So what do you do? You stick, stick until, of course, you have to, you move to take a new job. Then you've got to get a new loan, which is practically almost double what it was when you first took out that mortgage. So real estate has looked good. Commercial real estate has not looked good, but overall residential and of course, industrial have looked pretty good over the last few months. The drop for the overall index was 50.8 down to 46.1. That's bad enough, but I'm looking at your data pulled out just for the state of Iowa. Oh, that's a huge drop in a single month for the single state of Iowa. And we had been doing pretty well. So what was the aberration the month of June when we were living high? Or is this the aberration to see that much of a drop? I don't think it's an aberration. I just think it might be overdone. But I do think, again, manufacturing, if you look at Iowa, the uh, exports. Now, the exports are still the first five months of the year, still for 2023, or above those for 2022. But that is coming down, down, down. And of course, in terms of Iowa, you got the agricultural sector where you depend heavily on agricultural equipment sales. We have another survey, of course, Jeff, and we survey the agricultural area, bank CEOs, and they're telling us that farmers are not buying the equipment they were buying because of these higher interest rates. So that's coming back to the Iowa economy in spades right now. And of course, it's slowing down. But again, I I don't want to overstate it, Jeff, to be a little on the positive side. We're living in the best part of the best nation on the face of the earth. It's not much comfort to say we're the cleanest shirt and the dirty laundry, but we are. And the specific number, 55.4 a month ago now in Iowa, 46.0. So that does bring it right in line with the overall index. How quickly do people in your surveys, this one and and the other one that comes out mid-month, how quickly do they pivot or change their opinion? And what I mean by that is we've just come off a week of beastly hot weather in the Midwest, really no rain to speak of. Crops are still pretty good in some areas. I mean, how quickly do these folks turn on a dime in terms of their perception of things? I won't say they turn on a dime, maybe a quarter. Okay. (laughs) Turn on a quarter, they do change. This is a fairly big change over the last, say, two or three months where we were much more positive earlier on. And like I said, if you look at other data, like the Bureau of Labor Statistics data, that shows much the same, that these employment numbers, and that's the most concurrent data we have, is the employment numbers and our numbers. Those are the ones you have to look to, and ours being the manufacturing survey are the most concurrent data. And the, the national number came out, and it was likewise between 46 and 47. So it's not positive, of course, but one could say, well, it could get weaker. Now, when you get down below 46, you get down to, in the low 40s, then you're probably signaling a definite sign of recession. Now, this is not a definite sign of recession. This is a sign that things are getting weaker. Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss, who directs the Mid-America Business Conditions Index, a monthly survey of supply managers in Iowa and eight other states. And again, he notes that 45.9% of supply managers expect a recession before the end of this year. Still to come, reasonably priced housing. And later, a new business hoping to score points with fans. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report.
Aloha, it's a touch of the island in Iowa. Hi, it's Andy Peterson. Join the voice of the Hawkeyes, Gary Dolphin, and I as we host the annual Tate and Dottie Cummins Memorial Pineapple Gala to benefit Camp Courageous. It's Friday, August 18th at 6 p.m. at the Doubletree Convention Center in downtown Cedar Rapids. You are invited to enjoy a Hawaiian dinner, live and silent auction, and more. To view auction items or for tickets, please visit campcourageous.org. Looking for a great summer read? Pick up the July-August issue of Iowa History Journal, then sit back and relax with stories about Jesse Field Shambaugh, the mother of 4-H, the Old Riverview Amusement Park, baseball umpire Don Dinkinger, Nobel Peace Prize winner John Maud, and the Sioux City Railroad Museum before you visit it this summer. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Hy-Vee, Walmart, Books A Million, and iowahistoryjournal.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. Iowa is the seventh least expensive state in which to own a home. That's according to research conducted by the real estate group agent advice. The typical house price in Iowa as of March of this year was $200,038. West Virginia was the least expensive state in which to own a home with a typical price of $146,578. Then came Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma to round out the top five. Kentucky finished just ahead of Iowa. The housing prices in Iowa overall are 41% below the national average, according to this survey, but property values have been on the rise, increasing by 17% in Iowa in the last two years. Only 5% of that increase, however, was in the past year. Coming up, Iowa in the arena. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Have you heard about the Waterloo River Lights experience? Everyone's talking about the new light show on the 4th Street Bridge in downtown Waterloo. Each night at dusk, the interactive light show begins at the top of the hour every hour through midnight. It includes a nightly red, white, and blue veterans tribute. Don't be left in the dark. Walk or drive the canopy of light tonight. I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit. Stay for the great quality of life. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advanced Peer Groups, hosting informational meetings about their fall launch of peer sessions in Cedar Rapids on Wednesday, August 30th. To register or to get more information, go to AdvanceIowa.com. 
These days, sports are big business. We've previously talked on this program about junior hockey teams and university teams. In this week's business profile, you'll hear about a professional startup team set to begin play next year in a new venture, the Arena League. The four-team indoor football league features teams from Springfield and Kansas City, Missouri, Duluth, Minnesota, and Waterloo, Iowa. Normally, we'd say they are going to kick off the season in June of 2024, but in this form of indoor football, there is no kicking, part of the plan to reduce number of players on the field and to keep action going. The Waterloo team now has a name, the Waterloo Woo, and it has a general manager, Waterloo native Bailey McRae. The hunt is on to secure local ownership and everything else associated with starting a new business. What the Arena League is, is a little bit different because it is obviously not your traditional indoor league. We've eliminated kicking. We've eliminated special teams, per se. So it's six on six, no offensive huddles unless you have a timeout. It's a 20-second play clock. I mean, it's going to be fast-paced. One of the nice things about the Hippodrome is the intimacy of it. So where your field box is, like if you were to get a season pass with the field box, the players hit that wall and you're there. I mean, you can touch them. There is no shoestring tackles because there's no out of bounds. You know, it's right there. So I think it was a total of 12 or 16 different cities they visited and decided to then put out kind of like a vote on if we were to bring this league here, is it going to succeed? Are are people going to be interested? Are they going to attend games? So then there was votes or people submitting like, heck yes, I want a team in my community. One of the ones obviously that succeeded was here in the Cedar Valley Obviously, there was more that goes into that with market and availability with arenas, things like that. But luckily, like I said, we're one of the ones that got picked. I'm so excited. How cool is it that we get a pro team here, and especially during the summer when when there is no more football? You're sad after the Super Bowl until college ball starts. It's it's a sad story. So this, I think, is going to be just a huge opportunity And it gives people in the community something different to do. You know, there's only five home games this first season, but it increases the demand, first of all, if there's only five. Second, we don't have a whole lot to do on on summer evenings here. You know, this is something new. It's something different. It's something exciting. And it's football. J.R. Bond out of Kansas City is who is financially supporting the first four teams the first three years he signed a contract. All three of the other teams right now have local ownership. So that's something I'm looking for that's kind of top of my priority list. Not because of anything with JR, primarily because you want somebody who's passionate about their community leading a local team like this. And that's a huge thing with how we're doing this is having a team started and developed and building that momentum for a year before they even touch a ball. You know, so we're going to have tickets sold. We're going to have merchandise. We're going to have interest. We're going to have local partnerships. I'm, I'm working on setting up like a school program We're working on like a healthy lifestyle type of program and we go and bring a mascot and read to the kids and the kids get a free game ticket or something. So again, just building that momentum so that you know it will succeed. And that's why we're starting with such a small quantity of teams that four is to make sure it succeeds and then grow the league. What goes into it? I mean, it's fun to say we have a new indoor football team. Well, what do you have to do to make that happen in a relatively short period of time of one year? So many things, and I just continue to learn. I love learning anyways, and like I said, I'm so blessed to just be part of this. But you have to think about everything. I mean, we have to build an office. The space is already there, but I have to build an office at the Hippodrome that works for me and for merchandising. 
I have to get the big screens done, ordered, and up. We have to do some cosmetic things to the building itself. And that's just the start. Then there's partnerships, there's ticket sales, there's school kids programs, there's how do we feed the players? How do we house the players? When do we pay the players? How are we doing tryouts? How are we getting coaches? Which coaches do we need? You know, because obviously, like I said, we've eliminated special teams. So strength and conditioning, head coach, offense, defense. There's so many things that go into everything. How many players are going to be local? How many are we going to have to house? How do we feed them? What about team meals? What about where else can we host events if if Hippodrome is already taken up with National Cattle Congress or something like that? I mean, I can't even put into words how many things go into it, but it's very cool to work through. And all of the things you're mentioning have nothing to do with performance on the field or game night. It has to do with getting us to that point. The people who come in the doors of the arena will see game night they're not going to see virtually anything that you just talked about, but without that, you don't have the other. Correct. And game night is a whole other ball game, if you will, because then you have to think halftime performers. You have to think the other teams when they're traveling here. Where do we house them or where are they staying? Do they have X amount of time to practice before and after? Then you have to think uniforms. You have to think giveaways, you have to think concessions, drink. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. It's insane. Bailey McRae is general manager of the Waterloo Woo, one of four teams in the new Arena League set to begin play next June, with home games to be played in the historic Hippodrome on the National Cattle Congress grounds in Waterloo. For more, go to waterloofootball.com. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR extras and IBR business profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.